Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to episode 236 of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is August 8th, uh, special day, uh, 42nd birthday of one Corey uh, Richmond. Two days away of a more important day for my co-host and partner in crime, Jason Brooks. Uh, Jason, I just turned 42. Um, been making a big deal about it, making most people in my life pretty crazy. People going, just another birthday, who gives a damn? But, uh, you know, when, when we're in the halfway through the apocalypse, uh, you know, these type of days, you know, mean a little bit more because, you know, you lasted another day in this crazy world. But, uh, Jay, how you doing as we get ready to talk about retribution? Yeah, no, it was good. Um, last night, SmackDown, the end of that was not good, but... Um, no, my, my week was good. Um, went to Michigan for a couple of days. Um, you know, kind of got, got out of the city for a little bit. So that was really nice. Celebrated my anniversary. Yeah. My birthday's in a couple of days. So yeah, uh, a, a solid week for sure. I mean, you didn't get vibes of the nexus of, you know, Daniel Bryan losing his job for choking out, you know, a ring announcer and John um, and, you know, Oh my God. Let, let's just, let's just, let's just get into it. <laughs> Let's just get into it. As you would say, let's chop it up a little bit here. Um, I would say it was a little bit of a letdown. I mean, when it came down to the- Wait, a letdown? What did you expect? It was <laughs> what I expected. <laughs> Stupid. They saw Charlie 2.0. I mean, I mean, first of all, why were their outfits so baggy? Like, why did they look like homeless bums on the street who just wore a mask? Why didn't they not give them better outfits? They looked baggy. They were trying to like move in the outfits. They all looked like they were gigantic because they were wearing these big ass outfits. They looked ridiculous. Um, the I mean the whole thing was just so stupid. You know they they kept beating people up and going to the ring and then like cheersing with their weapons of choice that they barely used on anybody. Um, it, it was it was so stupid. I mean, uh, apparently, uh, Sean Rossap of Fightful.com has said that, from what he's heard, that the people who are in this group are, are more than likely stand-in. So anyone who we saw from, you know, a lot of these, one of the people that people thought were in this group was uh, Vanessa, recently called up, who we haven't seen, Vanessa Bourne and possibly Chelsea Green, people saying that from the outline of, like, from hair and different things, it might have been them, but more than likely, they, they won't be in the group, but a lot of these people mostly were Stand-ins at this point, we may not even know who's actually in the group. Uh, I think, I mean, I think it's fair to say Vanessa Bourne and Chelsea Green are in the group, right? Or were they at ringside? I don't know. They were, they were more than likely some of the people who were doing the yeah. stand-ins for actual people that might be in the group later on. They may have not actually even decided. Like, one of the people they thought might be in this group might be like a Donovan Dijak, but no one was near his size. Like, all these people look like they're, like, you know, your height or mine. Yeah, they all look short with very, very baggy clothes. Yes. So, I mean, they're more than likely standard. They I couldn't mean, get them, like, better masks. <laughs> they're wearing, like, ski masks that are all loose on them. And then Vanessa Bourne's hair is coming out. It just, it, it was just a, it was just a sloppy mess. And I know they were trying to make it like Nexus. It just wasn't. I mean, there's only so many times you can do these shield, Nexus, like attacks and have it be good you know they're, they're trying to stick with go to the same formula and hoping to pop you know pop a rating which they did for raw 
And I think SmackDown was okay too. But, you know, again, we're, we're doing all this stuff to, you know, hot shot booking. I, I don't know. Maybe they do something with this retribution and maybe it's, you know, maybe they can say it's, because I almost don't think it, it, it should be NXT guys. It almost should be X. It should be WWE guys who maybe didn't get a push. And then they can say, hey, no one respected us, believed in us, so now we're going to beat everybody's ass. I don't know. So um, Eric Rowan, maybe the guys who didn't get signed by the companies that got released, they help me bring them all back. They, uh, Eric Rowan's going to be leading a group. Of, uh, yeah, I don't know. But then the guys all look small. You know, we're hearing that Ricochet might be in it, maybe Cedric Alexander. Um, you know, who's a who's going to be who's going to be the leader of the group who's going to talk i mean what what is this going to be um you know i i, I don't know Corey. It, it it just it seems very corny to me but maybe they maybe they make something of it i don't know i mean you know just like any like when i work in you know we both in different parts of our career have worked in the communication industry i work for you know on the operation side in television you work you know in with teaching with psychology and sociology idea, you understand that like the hardest thing to do is a pilot of something. So the first first thing you see of something is just an initial idea and you don't know what it might turn into. Of course, most ideas Vince McMahon has done over the last you know, five, 10 years, usually the first thing you see is usually the trash it becomes. So I mean, we don't have a great track record of you know the stuff that he was doing in the 2000s and the 80s and 90s. So I mean, we don't have the greatest hope, but I mean, this is the first week is there's a chance that in three weeks, you know, this might all be, you know, something that we all imagine so we, we forget about, or this could turn to something really cool. I'm on the idea that it's most likely going to be either forgotten about or really bad, but I mean, it could always be cool. We don't know. I mean, I'm not ready to go and say, just trash it, but from everything we're hearing and like things that have been reported from the John Pollocks of the world, that these, this set of TV tapings on Raw and SmackDown were a nightmare. Apparently they were supposed to take two episodes of SmackDown this week, they only taped one because it was so chaotic. The two the two episodes of Raw they taped this week were massive changes over and over again, where it was just like a total cluster f of a situation. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, like we last time when we spoke, we were talking about how you know, two weeks ago on Raw you had the tag team champions beat you know the number one contenders for the title, and then you know, and then all of a sudden the following week you have them go and win a three-way to go and become the number one contenders, where it was like backwards booking. So right now we're just throwing everything at the wall. They just had this conference call where basically for the first time you had real questions being asked of Vince McMahon about ratings, why AWNXT actually ratings have, haven't been as terrible. And now we're just throwing this at the wall and we'll see what happens. So, I mean, yeah. maybe we have some good ideas come out of it. Maybe we don't. I, I mean, AKA Roy, I, yeah, I mean, you've already really, uh, very well documented their problems with these tapings and everything that's going on. And this retribution thing some, sounds like another thing that they just threw together. Maybe it was planned. I don't know. Um, let's talk about Raw Underground. Um, so obviously we see it with retribution. We see it with Raw Underground. You know, Vince McMahon during that conference call really got some questions about the ratings and where the ratings are going and why AEW and NXT's ratings are improving while Raw's are not. And Vince felt backed up against the corner. And oftentimes when he's backed up against the corner, he puts some good stuff together. Raw Underground's not one of those things. Um, it, was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty, pretty bad. I, I don't get it. It looks like a real bootleg UFC. 
uh, as as Miro slash Rusev says, you know, they do a, they're, they're really trying to put over the new talent, and so they have Shane McMahon running this thing. Um, I guess it was his idea, but it looks like a bootleg UFC, and they have the girls, and you can't even see the girls, and they show them for three seconds, and it just, you know, who are these guys? And they're beating up, the, you know, Shane is apparently being the announcer, and he's yelling up. Like he, he's he's being obnoxious when yelling about the fights. We don't know who these people are who are fighting. Now they threw an Eric Rowan or a, uh, Ivar or whatever uh, one of the one of the Ivar guys. Um, so they threw them in to make them. You know why are they fighting? What do they have to do with this? So you know, and and just hearing Tom Phillips and 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 Samoa Joe I have to like pump this up. Oh my God, man, that Raw Underground so exciting. I mean, it, it was just bad. The, the only thing I liked about it was actually the Hurt Business just beating everybody up. Um, they're like, we're just going to come in and beat everybody up, and that's how they ended the show. And I think it's a good way to sta- establish them as kind of a stronger team because MVP had lost earlier, and Chelsea Benjamin lost the 24-7 title. So, I, you know, a good way to establish them. But I just don't see where this is going to be something that's sustainable, long-term, and what it what it means? Like I, I don't disagree with you pretty much on any of that, unless this ends one way. I don't think it will because of the situation that we're going with our country with COVID, and I don't think you're bringing in this person. I'm going to say for this, but if it did happen, I think it could be a cool way to get to a match that people have been waiting for for a while. And I think you know where I'm going to go here. But if this were to end with, if this goes and makes Bobby Lashley actually look like a star for the first time in years. And it ends up with Bobby Lashley and the Hurt, um, this faction being running through everybody. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have Paul Heyman walk in with Brock Lesnar. And this leads to Brock versus Bobby Lashley in some sort of an MMA type, you know, style yeah. match. Hopefully not in this setting, but it leads to these two guys who basically, maybe they faced each other in a throwaway match on a Raw years ago. But these two guys who, you know, for years people were like, Two MMA fighters, two guys who look like powerhouses. Either one of them could talk their way out of a paper bag. They both have two, you know, MVP and Paul Heyman. That's money there. You know, that's something that maybe the average fan who's been walked away because of COVID. It's like, you know what, this is something I maybe even for one pay-per-view, I'll watch right now because this is this is actually something that could be cool. Yeah, I think they might wait for fans for that. That's what we're hearing about, about waiting for Brock. They're, they are keeping Lashley strong. He beat Ali. Who came back won one match and then lost last week, but and apparently lost a main event this past week. There you go. So, so see ya, Ali. Maybe you were right. Maybe it's Black Lives Matter thing. Vince is like, oh come on now. We know there's no racism in this country. So who so who knows? Maybe Ali's gone too. But they have kept Lashley strong, and you know he gets wins here and there. He doesn't lose a lot, and I kind of like that idea. He's a you know big strong guy. He's a badass. They don't have him wrestling every week, but every time he does wrestle, he wins. So I don't think it should have been at the expense of Ali. But so that being said, maybe they do set up some Brock Lesnar, Lashley thing at some point. But I don't know how the Hurt Business is going to be, how this Raw Underground is legit when the Hurt Business came in and beat up everybody there. So like, why now, why now next week do we want to see this? They, these guys came in and they beat up every, they beat up all the jobbers in well, is it the, is the idea though? Next week, do we see you know, what whichever member of the Viking Raiders that actually won their match 
are they going to face, you know, Lashley or somebody from there? I mean, that's, and the other part of this no. that makes no oh sense. Oh, my God. I don't disagree, but the other part of this makes no sense. So uh, the member of, whichever member, I, th- I guess it's uh, the, the former Eric, uh, Eric Rowe. Yeah. Goes and hits a knee, which was a nice knee, knocks a guy out. And this, the match is over. In a regular wrestling match, guy gets up two seconds later. So are we supposed to, and maybe you're telling me I'm overreacting, which I usually do. But give me a little leeway because it's my birthday today. But the, the idea, the fact is, in this, this, so this part is real. I don't, I don't like saying fake, kayfabe, whatever you want to say, you know, choreograph, whatever you want to say. But so World Underground is real. You get hit with a big move or if Dolph Ziggler goes and hits you with a couple of elbows, we're stopping a match. But on your other part of your program, where you have your, your, your world champion with Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, your superstars, that happens there. They're going to go up two seconds later and the match continues. So which one am I supposed to buy? So when it happens there, it's real. And those are matches you get knocked out and it's over. But if it happens around the corner, it's just a setup move? I mean... Corey, I think, I, th- Corey I, think, I think that's a tremendous point. I think that's a great point. And that's true. Like, what... What is this? It was a badass for, for 12 seconds on that side. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was overshadowed five seconds later when Lashley came in and he ran away, like, you know, with his, like anybody smart enough to do because you had three guys who look like to kill you, walk into the, you know, walk, walk down the street. You can get the hell out of there. Yeah. You know, also, you know, he went and beat somebody up and he left, but for 12 seconds, he looked like a badass. He doesn't look like a badass in months or years in WWE. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're... Again, th- this is the thing that we talk about. There's no long term. No. There's there's no idea. There's no hey, we're gonna do this for a while and we're gonna see where this goes. You know, with the shield, that was I, I believe they really planned that. And of course, CM Punk takes credit for it. Maybe he deserves credit. I don't know, but um, that seemed to be planned quite a bit in the making and was successful. Nexus what seemed to be a little bit more of a hot shot. They wanted to do the big angle and then couldn't figure out how to make the guy successful. Um, and that, you know, that wasn't successful. I just can't see Retribution being successful. This Raw Underground, I think it's going to be gone in two months, less than that probably. You know, I, I, it, popped a ra- it popped a rating. So Vince is going to say, oh, see, look, I, I, it worked. You know, but one week doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Two weeks from now, are people going to want to watch this? Why? What What did you do to give the viewer an idea of, hey, I want to watch this next week? Nothing. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe and, and you know, maybe it's us. You're 42. I'm going to be 41 in, you know, in a couple of days. We're older. Maybe this isn't for us. But, you know, Corey, I know you're a big UFC fan. I like the UFC. I mean, put the UFC on, man. Right? If you're going to do it, put the UFC on. Um, or, 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 or give them, I don't know, but this doing a bootleg version of the USC, UFC seems awful to me with a bunch of guys, mostly we've never heard of. It just, it seems ridiculous to me. And, and you know what I'm usually, and I'll counter this as always, I'm usually a negative guy, but I'm going to, I don't want to say Raw was a total disaster because Raw was a total disaster, but there was one really good thing on Raw and I don't want to bury it because we usually Never talk about Raw in a positive light. So I, I think other than the Moxley promo, it was the best thing all week. And, and, and it was a promo. The promo between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. I don't know if most people, the, the average fan, which I don't know how many 
average fans are watching at this point because, you know, the ratings they're, they're getting, which we don't talk about till the end of the show most weeks anymore, but that promo was an A-level promo. I don't know how much I actually care about McIntyre as a world champion, but that McIntyre-Randy Orton promo, for what we have right now, I felt was a money promo. And for, for right now, I care about their match at SummerSlam. I don't know how often I have said that about a McIntyre feud since he's been champion. I know there's no yeah. crowds and everything yeah. else hurts, but for the first time, and for the first time with Randy Orton since Edge has left, because I couldn't care less about the, Chris, the Christian thing, couldn't care less about Big Show, who, you know, didn't care about Big Show that much, you know, 20 years ago. Don't care about him at all right now. Right now, you know, three weeks away or two weeks away, I care about your more than likely your main event for SummerSlam. Yeah, I think Orton's been on a roll. The Big Show feud was a feud where you knew what was going to happen. But I thought it was entertaining, and I thought those guys put on, had good performances with promos and things like that. Um, oh, yeah, Orton's been on fire. He's been on fire. He's been, he's been, he's been great since the Kofi feud since Kofi was a champion. He's been great. I mean, the thing is now Orton is still good in the ring, but he has so much history with so many guys in the company that he can now go back to, to bring into feuds. So there's so much information, so many things he can bring in, so much history he can bring in. It makes for a a more interesting, for more interesting stories. Um, Yeah. I loved how he talked about, like, I don't need to be here. Like I have enough money but I still want to beat people's ass. Like, that's what I'm here for. I thought that was a really good line. Um, yeah, I, I thought they're, they're, the fire that they both showed, I, th- I think it was Drew McIntyre's best promo. He didn't act like he was too cool for school. He didn't act like he, you know, uh, Big Daddy Claymore or whatever he, he says. He just was like, this is how I feel, and I'm being honest. You're my biggest challenger. And let you know, let's let's do it. So it it was really really good between both guys, um, and I definitely enjoyed that. That was the best thing in wrestling all week was was those two guys uh, exchange back and forth. And, and like I said, also we're not going to talk about because we we've already been almost twenty minutes on the main on WWE main, I guess as they call it at this point. Sonya Sonya was had a really another great promo, and you know we'd like to see where that goes in the next couple of weeks. But we'll talk most likely more about that maybe in the weeks to come, but, you know, give her credit also in a, yeah. a really bad, you know, SmackDown, which basically nothing happened. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, for, just before we go on, move on. Okay. Shorty, Shorty G, check it. I've, we say it every week. I understand it. We said it last week. They, he's a glorified jobber. I mean, he's basically a jobber. That's what he came out as. If you're going to have him as a jobber, have somebody else out there. But don't make this guy just it, – it's like they purposely don't want him to look good. It's like Vince has a short thing of, of, against him. And they, yeah. A, yeah, and they purposely don't want him to look good. Yeah, Drew, Gal, Drew, Drew Gulak is on that list most weeks. You know, for a couple of weeks, Drew, Gal, Drew Gulak is, you know, seems like he's in a good spot, and then all of a sudden – Yeah, but Gulak, at least they, they put him in spots. They give him oh, a nice title oh. shot. I'm not – he's not a glorified job, or he's just more of a mid-card guy. Right. Shorty G is a job. And, yeah, uh, so and, – and, and also, no offense to Drew Gulak, but in terms of Chad Gable, is, you know, and his, you know, the chance that he can have as a baby face – he did that in NXT. I, I, I think he, you know, he has a lot of potential. I've said that before, but man, what they've done with him is just ridiculous. Yeah. But let's let's move on to some happier thoughts. You know, let's get our, let's get our 
Everybody happy again. You know, it is my birthday. So let's, get, let's get back to the, the good signs of the week. AWNXT, usually our happy place. Um, AW, once again, I thought had a really good show leading into next week's big, you know, rematch. They had the debate this past week, which I thought was really well done. I don't know if that's the main reason why they won the ratings this past week. But before I kill AW, I want to go, you know, one or two good things, because I'm going to get in my soapbox in a minute. And Jay, I think you'll enjoy me on this. And I'm going to go on both sides of it. But, but first, I thought AW, NXT, I thought both shows were solid, like they always are. But like we say most weeks, AW just has that factor of it feels more important. You know, one thing they did that was great, they started everybody in the ring. No yeah. intros. Everybody in the ring to start the match. You know, they're, what AEW is doing is they're looking at they're – they're trying to change things up, you know, not by hotshot booking, but by changing their look of their TV show. And that's been smart. And, you know, one of the big problems is the idea that NXT – they have one of the most dominant and I think can be a really interesting characters on their program right now, which most likely in the long term will not be on their roster, and Keith Lee. And I might be wrong, but since he's won the title in a, that unification match, besides, you know, sitting there and not throwing in the tarot because Dijak was like, I can go and die on my own against, you know, Cross, he has not been in a main event segment or wrestled in a main event since he's won the title. I understand that you want to get over other people, and I'm all for getting over other talent. But he's basically been in the top of the 9 o'clock hour on the East Coast basically every week since he's won a title. Yes, you've got Io Shirai you're trying to get over. You want to get over, you know, this ridiculous Adam Cole uh, versus a punter storyline, which is whatever. I mean, but, Corey, I, I, you know, that match, that tag match, was just ruined. The match was just a vehicle for Pat. It was, it was, it was, it was so awful. They were talking over each other. Um, the match was not, was fine. It was a good match, but it was completely overshadowed. They weren't even calling the match. It was all about putting over the Adam Cole, Pat McAfee storyline. It was, it was terrible. It was terrible. And maybe they'll get, 10, 15, 20, 30,000 people. I don't know. I don't know Pat McAfee's reach. He's pretty obnoxious to me, but what I like for sports commentators is different than what a lot of people like. I like analytics and data and smart people talking. He's more of a bro guy. Great, whatever. Um, but I just don't, I don't see the appeal at all. Um, I think, I think this is a bad move by NXT. Um, and, but maybe they feel like, this is what's going to get them ratings. I, I mean, I have, I have no idea. And, and, and here's the thing: put Matt, put Pat McAfee and Adam Cole in the main event of a TV show. Fine. Takeover is a sacred pay per view. Yeah. It is the best of the best. Has there ever been a bad takeover? There hasn't been. I don't think so. No. There hasn't been. There's been ones that aren't as good as others, and there's been ones that have been spectacular. But there's not. There's never been a bad takeover. Now you're inserting a match that's going to be a bad match. It's just going to be. Um, I, I think it really um, hurts their credibility. It hurts the credibility of the takeovers. And, you know, I was thinking about this. Obviously, you know, with WrestleMania's, Vince McMahon, the big thing was with Mr. T. 
and bringing in celebrities, and that was a big part of WrestleMania. But that's just not what NXT is. And if you're going to put in celebrities, do it on a TV show. Don't do this on TakeOver because the fans don't want to see that. They don't want to see Pat McAfee wrestle Adam Cole. Um, I, it was just the segment was bad. It ruined the match for me. Uh, it, yeah, I thought it was all just terrible. Well, you know, getting back to the, the initial point, which I, I was hoping to get you on that point a second later, but we both are huge fans of Keith Lee, and we know that there is about 95% chance that he's most likely as a transitional champion, as much as we both hate that idea, because you don't do all the things you're doing with Karrion Cross or right? That's his, that's his uh, name yeah. in WWE. It's the first time I've actually said that instead of Killer Cross. In the history of the show, and we all know that he's more than likely winning the title at at Takeover thir- uh, Takeover uh, Thirty because you know the, the the way that they're pushing him is the way they push the Fiend and you know that type of character where he's the unbeatable monster. He beat Chopper that way, so that's more than likely the trajectory. But as long as he has a title, the guy should be you know main event segments. He should be one of the last, pretty much the last face you see of the night most of these most of these shows. Maybe you disagree with me here. But, I mean... Uh, I mean, like you know, they, they had to get over the Pat McAfee thing. Um, didn't they have Io Shirai in one of these main events uh, against Sasha? Um, uh, you know, they had to dijack Karrion Cross match that Keith Lee was a part of. I, I think it's been... I think it's been okay. Like I, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal that he hasn't, he hasn't been in a main event. Okay, so I think- uh, Adam Cole, Adam Cole wasn't there. He was a champion. He wasn't there for like two months. He was just doing promos in his from his house. So like, I don't think it's a thing where it's like, oh, the champion's got to be on the main event every time. I mean, Adam Cole would do like these segments, and it would be he'd do like, you know, a, a you know whatever, a minute promo at the beach, and he didn't even show up to the show. So I don't know. I, I think we're I think we're reading into it. The idea that he might be, you know, if you're saying, well, because of this, it's clear that he's going to be a transitional champion. I mean, we'll see. I think more than likely he is. I think it's a bad move, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I like I like uh, Cameron Grimes. I think a little more than you do at this point. Yeah. But oh yeah. And not in the ring, but but on the mic, he just he does nothing for I me. Said, I mean, I, I does a little bit more for me than he does for you. But I mean, I just think that you could be doing more with Keith Lee right now as your champion than they are, and maybe they're doing this to protect him because he's more than likely might be coming up right after he drops the title. And the fact that ha- everyone says they love him, especially the way he was pushed when it came to Survivor Series and Royal Rumble and everything else. So, I mean, there's a future there. I mean, who knows what yeah. happened to you the main roster. Yeah. You know, he looks at somebody wrong way, you know, by accident. And then, oh boy. But, you know, I'm just, I was, I'm hope- I was hoping for more out of this title run, as short as I expected to be, than just, you know, basically feuding with, you know, Cameron Grimes for a couple of weeks. But, but, I mean, but the major thing was, like I said, I thought that – I thought both shows were good. I liked the idea of, you know, uh, Mercedes Martinez starting a, starting a few because I think she's a, an impact – using the old term, an impact player. Yeah, that could be a fun feud with her and Rhea Ripley. That'd be a good I, match. I think that'd be cool. I mean, I, and I, you know what? I do think that there's some stuff there. I mean, Dakota Kai versus Io Shirai I think will be a, a good match. I think they actually face each other – mostly last year, I think. So, I mean, I think they've actually faced each other once before. Thought it was, you know, I think this could be better because, you know, Dakota Kai has another year under a belt of, of learning. Yeah. I think she's a lot better. And I will be the first one to admit, and I know I'm rambling here, but I'm going to be the first one to admit, 
A year ago, I didn't think Dakota Kai was that good. She's gotten yeah. a lot better. Well, I was, I, and I, I've been a fan of hers for oh, a while. No, we've, we've talked about that, yeah. Absolutely. You were a much, you were much more on Dakota Kai team kick bandwagon than I was. So I will admit yeah. my, my fault on this. I, so I mean, I think she's actually gotten a lot better. So I'll give her credit for that. But I thought the show was good, as your, your boy Escobar, you know, continuing to shine. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, I, he is. I mean, he's maybe the best part of NXT. I mean, his, you know, his character makes sense. You know, his his gimmick makes sense. Um, I love his group there. You're giving those guys, you know, it's time yeah. to shine. Um, he's g- tremendous on the mic, you know. Um, I, I don't I don't think he's long for NXT, to be honest with you. Interesting. I could see him being on the main roster for one of these shows pretty quick. I mean Sorry, you know, he's a you know, he's a Latino star. They they we they say they want these guys, but then they don't know what they do to do with them when they get on the main roster. But uh, Escobar really has everything you want. He can wrestle, he can talk. He's got a good gimmick, but, you know, we'll that's, see. Keep him in NXT for a little bit longer before they ruin him. He's uh, in a ninja outfit. You think he throws a good mouth off cocktail? I mean, maybe he's the leader of retribution. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, I hope not. Just keep oh, my God. Mouth off cocktail. Jesus so bad. Um, But AW, like I said, I think they're continuing to build some of these storylines. I know I'm much higher on the Dark Order than other people, but I think they're finally starting to go and make more sense. I, I like what they did in that tw- – uh, 12-man tag. I thought that was a really good good match. I thought the, the, the world title match was really good. I mean, I thought it made sense, the stuff they did from the start with Moxley, especially with the promo. Moxley's done something really amazing over the last couple of weeks with these title matches. With these promos beforehand, he tells you, as any good babyface does, he tells you what he's going to do. With the Brian Cage match, he said, I'm going after the arm. That's what he did. In this match, he said, I, uh, I know that this kid has more guts than brains and he should not, you know, do what he's going to do, but I'm going to have to put him down and I'm going to really feel bad about this. Yeah. He did. You had, and then you had the promo also earlier in the night, which you could say it was, you know, whatever, but you had the MJF promo where one of his lackeys goes and says, so what about facing uh, Darby Allen? And he was like, facing 125 pound, you know, weakling? Hmm. Then you have the Wardlow interruption and the interruption on the title match. That all made sense. Yeah. You know, and so that was good storytelling. Yeah, no, they 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 doing a I mean the the Adam Page um FTR stuff where Page becomes the leader of, of a group with FTR and leaves the elites. These like small little things they do storyline wise, I think are so good. They really are. So and I'm going to preface this by saying that there has been both sides on this. Like Dave Meltzer of the world have gone back with people on Twitter all for the last couple of days. So I understand. So I'm going to give you both sides on this. And I think Jay, you're, I think you'll be more on my side than Dave's on this. So, but I want to give Dave's point of view on this. So I understand ratings were up on AEW. You had good wrestling. You had good storytelling. Absolutely. We, you know, SmackDown had zero, had, you know, promos which were good by Sonya. And you could say what you want about the. Um, the Riddle Sheamus match wasn't bad. It was, it, the, uh, the Stephanie McMahon, you know, Zoom meeting segment. But there was zero minutes of wrestling on SmackDown. So, you know, it wasn't the right week to, you know, for WWE to say, yeah, we had tons of wrestling on our women, yeah. you know, for their main show after AEW. But you had three minutes and 51 seconds of wrestling on your show. Okay. Three minutes and 51 seconds. 
you had a tournament that you told us about. Women's rest of women's wrestling. Women's this wrestling. is specifically about women's wrestling. Of women's wrestling, Reba, aka Rebel, who commentary told you that she was an actual former wrestler, had over a hundred matches, and then she was acting like so it was either a miscommunication between Taz and the actual performers, the idea that she came in there pretending that she didn't know how to wrestle, but your commentary tells you that she's a former wrestler with over a hundred hundred matches. One plus one usually equals two, but whatever. So you had three minutes and 51 seconds of wrestling. You had a tag team tournament matches, two matches on YouTube, which basically you told people for half a second the week before. Now they didn't know this by the time it aired, but looking as of an hour ago, you had 508,821 people watch that, which is basically double that what you have of dark most weeks. You, you couldn't do a highlight package. You couldn't do something of a minute telling you Taya Conte and other people won matches, which I thought the show was fine. I'm not saying you have to go out there and run and watch, but like Dave Meltzer saying, you know what? You had great ratings. You had good segments. The debate was great, all this stuff. So what they're doing is working. But you want most weeks, like some of the highest rated segments pre-COVID and a lot of these shows was your women's revolution and your women's segments. But, you know, like I said, Dave's saying – you're getting good ratings. People are liking the Orange Cassidy stuff, and other things are going right. So, I mean, you're not highlighting women's wrestling right now. That's a shame, but you, things are going well. And if your women's wrestling isn't great, maybe it shouldn't be on the show. But the same idea. And you know what? Then you know what? The court don't have a women's division. So, but you know, don't, so don't don't give me this bullshit. Brandy Rhodes is leading it. I don't know what experience she has leading it. She's leading it, and uh, you know we're doing a tag tournament but we don't show the women on the show. We don't mention uh, Anna Jay won her match with Taya Conti. It, 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 you know, either have, just have a women's YouTube show and have the women get better and establish themselves and put them, or put them on dark or just don't mention any women at all. Because like, to me, it, it makes it look, it makes them look so bushly. You have this tag team division with all these crazy tag teams in it, and they can't get a woman's roster with five solid women in it. And I know people have left and, you know, so on and so forth. But to me, Corey, it's not that, hey, they got this woman or they got that woman or they got that woman. To me, it's about investing in a division. You look at the tag team division, you could maybe say they've overly invested in the tag team division. I know you want to talk about that at some point. They've invested so much in the tag team division. It's the opposite of the women's division. It's like they purposely are like, yeah, we don't really give a shit. We're just going to throw stuff against the wall and see what happens. And Dave Meltzer, I love him. He's an AEW apologist. The things they are doing are working. But don't claim to care about the women's wrestling and then not have any women's matches on the show. You, you can't have... You can't have both. The most featured women's wrestler they have on the roster is her. She's the most featured women's wrestler on the roster. And I know she's great. She's doing a great job. That's one wrestler. One woman's wrestler. And maybe it's and, and this is absolutely bad timing, and it makes AEW look bad, and who knows what they do next week. And this is a company that learns from their mistakes. So this is one thing we give them credit for week after week. You'll, but you just come, I don't know how much you know about this, but they just came out basically right after they had the, um, the women's uh, Deadly Draw tournament, this thing on YouTube on Mondays, right before Raw, which apparently nobody really realized. 
But you have this thing called AEW Heels, which is a 50, apparently, I guess it was a $50 a year service for female wrestling fans where they can go and feel comfortable in a safe place to go and talk about wrestling, to feel comfortable where they won't be bullied, and, you know, like a safe place where they can go and talk about, you know, their opinions on wrestling and everything. That's a great idea in theory. But if you're doing this, the week you do this, maybe you spotlight women, maybe you go and maybe in a COVID situation, maybe it shouldn't be right now, maybe not a pay service. And I know maybe that's an iffy topic because, you know, you're doing something, got to be able to go afford it, you know, this or that. But I mean, the week that you put yeah. this stuff out there, you don't have three minutes, 51 seconds of a shit. A shit I was trying not to curse on the show. You, you threw out a, an S-bomb early, so what the hell. But you have, you know, zero, you have three minutes, 51 seconds of wrestling. You yeah. don't promote the tournament that you've just been, you just told us about. Yeah. You don't go, and like I said, maybe this is a great idea. I don't know how many people have signed up. I'm sure that, you know, and the things that they've done so far with people with different disabilities and having things at the shows when they were running shows where people who had like epilepsy would go to a special place in the arena where they'd be able to watch the show. Yeah. And see, you know, so they've done a lot of good things, you know, stuff for people who have COVID for like the fight for the fallen show and all these different things given to charities has been great. A million dollars, the Khan family have put for different things, you know, black lives matter. They've been more progressive, Sammy Guevara with the suspensions and Excalibur apparently for the month. I know I'm rambling here for a second, but you, you've got to look what you're doing. You know, I mean, you can't be the, the people who are like, all right, we're going to take the steps to be a smart company. At the same time, either not time out your show smart enough, you don't take off, you know, two minutes from John Silver and his partner versus Cody Rhodes and Matt Cordova, who was, who was supposed to be a spotlight for a match, and he looked like the worst part of that match. You can't take two minutes over that, do a highlight package. Why does the best friends um, Santana Ortiz match have to be, have to be so long? Why that have to be? Why that have to be such a long match? Could take you know 40. a random tag. It's just a random tag team match, and I know they did a good job of telling the story of like Ortiz and Santana need to win, and then they came out and bashed the minivan or whatever. That could have been. They could have taken five minutes off that match. They could have taken a couple minutes off the um, uh, Cody Cody Rhodes uh, Matt Cardona match, which I didn't care about at all, and have a women's segment. Do a highlight. I I don't understand it. It's like they purposely don't want to do it. And like I said, who knows what happened? Like I said, Excalibur, maybe they would, like I said, I'm not trying to make, I'm just trying to ideas. Whole Excalibur situation might have, you know, been last minute and all of a sudden things change. Wait, that means they can't, that means they can't do a, a quick highlight package of what happened in the tournament. Or like they did the week before, you, maybe you find out who one of the two people are in next week's matches. He's avoiding yeah. heat. Yeah. Could the right hand know what the left hand is doing? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, even with WWE when they did the Mixed Match Challenge, which was awful, um, and I didn't watch any of them, but at least they would do, like, quick little, you know, segments with, you know, Charlotte and AJ or Bliss and Strowman, and again, it was awful. I didn't watch it, but at least they did something. Like, okay, this is going to happen. Watch us next week. We're cutting a promo. I mean, I... You know, it's a way to get new characters over. I, I Corey, I don't, I don't know. Again, I, I again, I, I think I, I don't want to say this is purposeful, but Corey, is this a thing where it's like we need to, we want to make Omega and Brandy feel good about doing something, so let's give them this women's thing to women's uh, AW wrestling thing to do, and we don't care about it. We're not investing in it. 
I, I feel like it's, it's, it's somewhere along those lines where we're, eh, we're not really investing in it. So let's just, you know, it's fine. Just give them a little spotlight every now and again. And then, and then that's it. I mean, yeah, at the same point, one of the top five or seven most interesting characters in the show most weeks is a female performer. So, I mean, so they are investing in that way, you know, uh, what, yeah, one, Baker, uh, one, one, one woman's wrestler who's not even wrestling. She does looks good most weeks, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, it's, but like I said, you could say most weeks that me and Jay are Wednesday. Can we do, can we do a storyline for the women? Does it always have to be about the title? Can we do like a, can we do a story of some kind? I don't think so. I know it's, it's, it's hard to do that most weeks. So uh, before we both lose our minds, let's, let's keep on the Wednesday night situation. We'll take it from a slightly different angle. And this might lead into two conversations depending on time here. But we spoke about, you know, a while back with sports returning. One of, one of the people that was going to be affected by this, kind of, we found out for sure this week, is going to be AEW. Basketball is back, and we've got the playoffs that are going to start in this uh, NBA restart season. Three, uh, three uh, episodes of Dynamite are going to be moved from Wednesday night. April 19th will be moved to Saturday, August 22nd. Sorry. April, August 19th. We move to August 22nd, which will actually go head-to-head -head with the first hour of uh, TakeOver 30. Uh, and, and, Saturday, and Saturday is also an awful, awful night for television. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it'll be, I mean, that might also help maybe people watching, but people may be out, you know, doing stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's an interesting idea. Uh, so, August 26th will be moved to the following night, August 27th. And then September 16th, episode will be moved uh, once again to the following night, September 17th. So we take this from two different angles here, Jay. So one, th these are going to be nights where NXT can see how much of an audience they can get. You know, these will be kind of tests to see, can we go and get, you know, that 1.6? I mean, yes, it's, it's hard to say how many people are going to watch wrestling if there's your one product, there's nothing else on, but we see there's about what 1.6 million wrestling fans are watching on Wednesday nights. Wow! Well, I, I, I keep telling I keep telling this. It's not actually 1.6. Half half the people are watching the same shows. You only need to watch the show for a few minutes to to, to spike the rating. Understood. So, but I mean, um, how many people? I, I, I don't know. You know, they probably should shoot for getting a, wanting to get a million people. I think if they don't get a million people, it probably would be considered a disappointment. No. And that's going to be the go home show for NXT Takeover. Unopposed. That first one. Yeah. So you, you would think you, you would think you really gear that one up. You know, maybe you have a couple more Pat McAfee uh, appearances on there. I don't know. But I, I think if you're NXT and they don't get a million people to watch the show or high 900,000s, I think it's, it's got to be seen as a big disappointment. And you even, know, even even with the NBA playoffs, the NBA playoffs are going to be great. The NBA has been fantastic. I just watched a double overtime game with my wife for Utah and Denver. So the NBA has been great. So that that is that's going to be a problem. But I still think they should they should expect to get nine hundred thousand to a million people to watch the show. If they don't, it's a big disappointment. Yeah. So I mean, it's just like this is a big opportunity for you know for NXT to make a splash. And then on the other the other end of that is. What type of audience do you expect on a Saturday? Like I said, on that first one going up against the first hour of TakeOver. And then, you know, how much of an audience is going to either remember it's on a Saturday? I mean, and then when you're moving to two weeks on Thursdays, I mean. 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's bad. It's bad. It's it's bad. It's really bad. Um, the, the, there's no nothing worse you can do. The reason why Raw does what I mean, I mean, they, we know they haven't done well lately, and we've talked about it. But one of the reasons why Raw has been such of a staple for so long in wrestling, Monday, they're on. Oh, they're always on on Mondays. Um, part of the reason why I watch it is because it's Mondays. I, because I've been trained for I've been trained for 25 years to like Monday night. Okay, I'll put it on Raw. See what happens. Whatever. Um, I mean, I've been trained like I, like Pavlov's dogs, you know. So even if the show's not good, you turn it on. So you know, not having that consistent, having not, not having that consistency with AEW, especially as they're really popping some numbers, it's really going to be a disappointment. Um, and Saturday night, I have no. I mean, I have no idea who's going to watch this sh- this show on a Saturday night. People are still in because of coronavirus, but Saturday night's still a rough night to, for for TV. So I can't imagine they'll do great. Um, but you know. It is what it is, right? They don't they don't really have a choice. I mean, you think about this. Next week, and that's basically two weeks from now, you have, and we didn't even talk about it, but you had that great segment with the debate with uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. You've got their rematch coming up next week. So you're going to have that big, hopefully a big number. You had 900,000 people this past week. You would hope with the momentum, you might get over, may get a million this week on the 12th, and then all of a sudden, you're off your regular night the following week. So the impact that you get of possibly a really good number, you could lose that because you're, you're off that night, you know? It's just yeah, like- no, they, de- they definitely, this will definitely hurt them. I mean, I, you know, this will definitely hurt them. Um, and, and, you know, maybe whatever, you know, a couple weeks from now, when they're on Wednesdays again, it'll be fine. Uh, but I definitely think it'll it'll, it'll impact them uh, at least a little bit, and the margins are fine, right? Too for this, you have your your inner ratings war. They're getting around seven fifty to nine hundred thousand people to watch the show every week. You know, those are fine margins, one hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people. So, if all of a sudden they're not on at the time you're used to them, you know, that's a lot of people who may not watch the show. And, and the other way you can look at this, and we're going to move on in about two seconds here, is the idea of remember you uh aw is going to have at some point a second show and what was the old old thing on tbs 605 on saturday nights if on saturdays this show you know for some reason actually does well this could be a test run of that second show of if it's an hour or however long it is we might maybe we get a you know tnt or tbs you know six o'clock on a on saturday a second show. This could be a you know a testing ground type of thing, also. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think they maybe maybe right because it is interesting. They're putting it on, um, that they're putting on. But I guess they have they have TNT on Thursdays normally, right? So they they can't put it on Thursday. So I don't know if it's a test it's run. NFL on Mondays or or Thursdays because yeah. you know, Collins own the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're not going to go. I mean, they could go up. You're not. I don't think you would go Tuesday, Wednesday. Not that they fear impact, but Saturday is the only other night, and you know you would go be going up against maybe pay per views and UFC. But I mean, you're not going on Sunday, and the other only other night basically is yeah. Saturday. So I mean, yeah, I don't know that this was a test run, but I think if they do well, maybe it's something. I mean, what are they what are they putting on Saturday night? I mean, I'm sure AAW would do better than most things they have on Saturday night. So. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens. So the other part of that story is TNT uh, did some restructuring 
the biggest story, of course, is restructuring, getting rid of people. But one of the person that got rid of was the uh, head of TNT, Kevin Riley, uh, out uh, at Warner Media. And he, he, he gone. One of the reasons that's a big story is because pretty much every interview that Tony Khan, the head of AEW, has done, and he's very good with the media. I mean, maybe he does too many interviews at this point, but um, <clears throat> it said that one of the big factors of them getting on TNT was Kevin Riley. And said, you know, they were friends beforehand. He was one of the guys who pushed to get wrestling back on TNT. I'm not saying in any way this is going to lead to them getting it if they don't do good, you know, in the next like three or four months of continuing the 900,000 people, they're going to get canceled. But it's an interesting idea of when you have management changes, people, you know, you have different people running a network, just like you had, you know, with, TNT, with a, you know, AT&T back in the day, they took over for WCW things can change. Like I said, I'm not saying they're going anywhere by any stretch. Yeah. I mean, at least their ratings have been solid. Um, but yeah, I mean, that happens, right? New executives come in and they want to, you know, put their new stamp on things. I mean, it's like any business or a school, even a principal comes in, wants to, you know, uh, show his boss and change their or she and change things up. Um, so yeah, I mean, who knows? They're doing well. So it doesn't seem like there'd be any reason for them to, to change the show. But maybe the show doesn't become as much of a priority, right? Maybe not as many promos in the end, you know, the watching, you're watching the Bucks and Mavs and you see a bunch of promos for AEW. Maybe you see more promos for, you know, one of their other gimmick shows, you know, who knows? So it could be that, hey, we're not getting rid of AEW, but maybe AEW won't be as much of a priority, um, which could, which absolutely could hurt them. So, you know, moving forward, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, if that's the case or not. I mean, Spike went from, you know, being the man channel to being, you know, a woman's channel overnight. And, you know, that's when they got rid of, you know, wrestling at one point that it went turning back to another thing. So, I mean, different, like I said, it's just hypothetical. Different management, you know, things can change where you go. But, you know, like I said, just a quick thought on that because that was something that came out today. Uh, before we move on, because it was one of the bigger things of the week, what was your thoughts just quickly on the debate? What, what, did you like it? Did you think? Yeah, it- I, I enjoyed it. I thought Orange Cassidy showed a lot of fire. Um, I thought it was funny, uh, but also showed a lot of fire. No, I thought it was. I thought it was a really good segment. Thought it was very entertaining, and that's the thing with AEW. That's why they're doing well. Sometimes they do segments that you know I'm not crazy about. Um, sometimes they, they they you know we always you know their matches are too long. They don't feature women enough. You know, there's nitpicks that we have with them, sometimes more than nitpicks, but their show is just entertaining. And that Orange Cassidy debate was a perfect example. The MJF thing was was gold, you know. They're just they're just a fast-paced, fun, entertaining show to watch. And that debate, you know, was was definitely an element to it. And Bischoff was great. Like it was just it was a really fun, good segment. And, and Corey, here's the thing. You can tell the show is done by younger people than, say, the WWE, or even NXT. You know, the show isn't a, isn't a formula. You know, they're doing different things. They're throwing different things out there. They're trying to entertain you in different ways. You know, and they're doing that. So, um, yeah, very good segment uh, that I enjoyed very much. I agree. I mean, I thought it was one of the better, better things of the week, and it made me want to watch Chris Jericho for Orange Cassidy 2. And I think we have a good, I think that the only way that match can end is with Orange Cassidy getting the biggest win of his career. And I think that, I didn't think I would say, you know, a couple of months ago, 
I think it's the right decision for Orange Cassidy to get that win. I mean, do you have him win clean? Is this how you get, you know, Mike Tyson to go and get back in the storyline with Tyson, you know, knocking him out and you still have Jericho look strong because he didn't actually do the, the clean job. You know, I don't know, but I mean, I, if he, if they don't put Orange Cassidy over, I think that's a huge mistake. I know there's not a crowd, but I think this is the moment where you put Orange Cassidy over. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent, hundred percent. This right, is his unless, time. Unless you have a, something else you want to talk about a final story of the week for, for me. And I think this most likely turns into mostly a non-story at the end of the day. But uh, being reported by Dave Meltzer, Tony Khan has matched the per-match uh, offer by the WWE in regards to Rey Mysterio. Um, we know at SummerSlam it's going to be Dominic Mysterio, great name, versus Seth Rollins in a match, which, you know, Dominic looked good in his uh, limited spots. And, you know, this could lead to Samoa Joe getting back into the ring, which is a match you actually mostly want to see. But what's your thoughts on the possibility of either Ray using this as a bargaining chip and maybe just resigns in the long run? But Ray, you know, he was in the main event of the original All In. Ray going to AEW or what, what's your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, we've seen already people use AEW as uh, kind of leverage. We saw that with Randy Orton before. Uh, we saw that even with, we saw that with Edge. We saw that with um, Gallows and Anderson. And I, I don't think they did that on purpose. I think it just kind of happened, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've seen them, you know, use them as leverage, um, use use AEW as leverage, and I think that's what's happening here. Um, I think Mysterio is going to stay with WWE. He's been there a long time. Um, he doesn't have to work a crazy schedule anyway. You know, they'll obviously have his son involved in things. Maybe he'll be the NXT champion with Pat McAfee in a couple of weeks. I don't know. Um but yeah, I mean, first of all, Dominic Mysterio against Seth Rollins. I, I, I thought you know, I, I, I thought he looked good on I mean, I don't want to see the match, but I did. I did think he looked, you know, he looked serviceable. I thought he looked, you know, like he looked confident. Serviceable. He didn't look lost. He's gonna wrestle a match against Seth Rollins at their second, at their third biggest pay per view of the year. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, well, we'll see. And here, here are also, are they going to do something different, or is it going to be at the Performance Center? I thought they were trying to do a boat or some gimmick. Oh, so okay, we can talk about that quickly. Uh, there are still strong rumors going around that, uh, well, one that's apparently not a rumor is actually going to happen that the SmackDown before uh, SummerSlam will be uh, their first live show, and then the pay per view will be live, and then the Raw after will be live. Takeover will be in Orlando from, from what people are saying, but there is still a good chance that those, those other shows will be at another venue besides the Performance Center. Nobody knows at this point if there will be fans, which more than likely not, but there could still be fans and it could be at a location outside the Performance Center, which I think would help a lot, especially if it's like an outdoor venue, like a Daly's Place, something that would, you know, be, look different and feel different. So, I mean... And I think that would really help the show in a way. Just it would have a give it a different feel. Yeah, they got. I mean, they got to get out of that performance center. They've got to get out of there. They, they've got to change the look up of the show. The underground, not at the performance center. I mean, it's your biggest, it's your biggest drawing angle. You know how? How is retribution going to turn off the lights? Oh my god! I mean, I, I mean, if if they're going to go all the way with this, they're going to have to have a big presence on SmackDown. 
right? Or SmackDown, Summer SummerSlam, I should say. They're gonna have to have a big presence at SummerSlam. Maybe, maybe they interrupt the the uh, McIntyre Orton match, and they beat all those guys up, and they stand with their, you know, uh, bats and and random weapons. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I don't. That's Orton's big moment, huh? God bless her. God bless her. <laughs> Apparently, she was called up in February, and uh, this is the first apparent thing on TV where. Uh, well, we know is because she apparently has curly hair, and uh, I mean, is I mean, I, I'm very curious when we hear more information about this retribution. Um, first of all, who gave them a name? Did they give themselves a name? What? Why do they have a name? First of all, it's like so WWE is marketing. Oh, retribution's coming, even though they're not supposed to be in the company. It's so so stupid. The logic sometimes with wrestling is just only um, just nonsensical. Um, but yeah. They definitely need to switch up where, where SmackDown, where Raw, where SummerSlam especially is going to be held just to change things up, have the audience see something different. So fans, I think it's probably morally irresponsible to do that. But, you know, if people want to show up stupidly enough, then they can show up. But I, I don't think it's a great idea. But at least put the venue somewhere different, you know. So we'll see what they do. Hey, your backyard. They'll charge you know, $5 a head. And, uh... There you go. There you go. Can't not that much outdoor, not not that much outdoor space in my condo here in Chicago. <laughs> not enough for a wrestling ring for sure. But uh, Jay, interesting uh, conversation this week. Thank you for uh, you know doing a show on my birthday. I really do appreciate it and being part of it. Um, let let everybody know how they can follow the show on you know all the wonderful social medias and uh, yeah. everything else. So we are at Worked Shoot Pod. Uh, you can send Corey a birthday message at Paladin808. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast, not the. So Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. You can listen, look us up on Facebook as well, Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. We have a Facebook page. Uh, we have a message board as well. Uh, so, yeah, so look us up, tweet us, review our podcast, give us five stars. We'll read it on the air. Thanks. Very cool. And just a couple of quick shout-outs here. Uh, Busy week in the family. Uh, Henry Maldonado, uh, birthday was past week, so just a quick shout out there. Um, Chris Morin, uh, past guest on the show. His birthday is also coming Monday with, with Jason. And uh, as always, check out our sister podcast, You Don't Know Jackie. Uh, this past week we spoke about uh, Indian Matchmaker, the new hit show on uh, – Netflix, once again, you know, talking about something I've never seen, which is something apparently I'm quite good at. Uh, I've actually never watched a wrestling show. So this is all just reading off, you know, message boards of what may have actually happened. Just kidding. But uh, as always, Jason, thank you for joining us. And uh, the final word is yours. I think we're done here. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>